0: Well, hey there. Today in the show, Camille Frazier from Ergomania and I are diving into really exciting information that you need to know if you are doing ergonomics assessments. We're talking workplace policy, new trendy chairs, and what that means for us as ergonomics professionals. Let's dive into this episode now. Welcome to the Business of Ergonomics Podcast. I'm your host, Darcy Jeremy. I'm a board certified professional ergonomist with over 15 years of experience delivering ergonomics programs to employers of all different types. In this podcast, I share what other healthcare professionals are already doing and being with ergonomics assessments and how to land those clients that you dream of. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode right now. Welcome to another episode. So pumped that you're here. Today in the show, my friend, Camille Frazier, is going to be sharing her insights about the ergonomics industry. And you may have already known this, but with especially office ergonomics, new equipment seems to be coming out every single month. And staying on top of this and how it works as an ergonomics professional can take all of your time. So that's why Camille's coming in today. We're going to be sharing insights that's going to add so much value to how you operate your business and your services as an Ergo service professional. Camille is the president of Ergomania, myergoMania.com. And I'm going to list all her details in the show notes. But the really cool thing about what she does is that she has All of this ergonomics expertise and staying on top of the literature and she's been able to provide really good ergonomic equipment for businesses in Canada and she provides her knowledge and expertise around the world with her preferred ergonomics consultant program. Camille also hosts the monthly ergonomic equipment showdown in the Accelerate Business of Ergonomics program. And it was actually on a call earlier this week in the November ergonomic equipment showdown where Camille was offering such value to our members that I thought, wow, how cool would it be if we could share this information to a wider audience? That's why we're talking about it today. This is part one of a two-part series of ergonomics insights, valuable takeaways, that you can add to what you're doing as an ergo service professional. So let's jump into this episode right now. Welcome, Camille. Let's talk trends. Perfect. I'm excited. Let's do it. Workplace trends. Let's start off with like the elephant in the room. Workplace policy. Workplace policy with fancy active chairs. So what does the ergonomic service provider need to know about that? That it is very dependent
1: on um, the place that you are suggesting the chair, the active chairs from. Some policies uh, differ a lot between different businesses. So it's all about finding the right person in that company to ask if it's violating any safety policies or anything like that. So you really have to go find that person uh, before suggesting an active chair just to make sure that you're suggesting something that your client can actually use is what I found.
0: That's brilliant. Have you ever heard of someone like recommending this amazing, we're talking about like treadmill desk or like active chairs? Have you ever heard of someone recommending any of those things and being like, you know what, we got it in place and then the safety guy was walking by one day and they said, we simply can't have that in the office. Have you ever heard of situations like that?
1: I haven't heard of them personally, no, but I can, I can definitely feel how. Normally people do their due diligence before before they actually talk to me. <laughs> or um I'm used to selling all the products, so they might not come back to me and tell me like, hey, <laughs> this didn't work out in this business because I didn't uh, I didn't check up if I could actually have an active chair or not. yeah.
0: Well, when I worked in the corporate setting when there was many, many, many employees. There would be an odd person that would have just gone out and purchased either like an active chair or a treadmill desk that they owned and used it. And Mm -hmm. by treadmill desk, I just mean a low profile treadmill that can like fit below the desk. And Mm -hmm. they were adamant about using it. So I would, as an ergonomist, I would talk about like the the pros and cons and being aware of it. But... Mm -hmm. They're, they're from that regard, that's one way that I guess employees were getting around it. But I had never been in a situation when because I think I've done that due diligence, and i I would be very hesitant about recommending like new things first of all, yeah, um in the office,
1: yeah. I've had like not with treadmills or anything, but some people bringing their own heaters at the workplace that I worked at before. And then, upper management getting all upset about plugging in new heaters and everything. So anything electrical, like treadmills and stuff, I feel like that's the same idea, just plugging in short circuiting, or sometimes they have figured out how much electricity can go out sometimes. So that's always something to think about as well. (laughs) Just make sure that you have enough power in those plugs.
0: Yeah. And that reminds me too, you did the uh, an ergonomic showdown on heaters not that long ago. So all yeah. accelerate members if it's winter, and if you it have to be winter. recommending <laughs> elements to get that employee's workplace a little bit warmer, check out that past one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like when it comes to the workplace, we have the opportunity. In fact, maybe it's like never been a better time for um, to be to be able to be purchasing these new types of equipment because. Mm-hmm. As you talked about on the Ergo Showdown, like there's really unique chairs out there.
1: So many, so many are emerging nowadays. It's insane. It's really great at the same time uh, because that means a lot more people are getting into the mindset that you actually have to move throughout your work day and not sit around all the time uh, but that also means that there's a lot of chairs out there to like cipher through and just make sure that it all works out but people are getting on getting into it and being more um would you say like greeting them more with open arms for like employers for employees to try those things out so it's kind mm-hmm. of good um yeah it's get we're getting there with active chairs
0: <laughs> and with active chairs too I'm I'm pretty old school when i when it comes to my frame of thought with like uh, the design of chairs, because mm-hmm. a lot of the way that I go through um my ergonomics practice is basing it on the Canadian standards, which I believe is for ergonomics, which I believe is one of the best in the world. You can get started with office ergonomics assessments today. Healthcare professionals are seeing the potential and opportunity to add office ergonomics assessments to their practice and services. Go to ergonomicshelp.com slash begin to get the exact seven-step process that works so that you can get started today without the confusion or overwhelm. Just head to ergonomicshelp.com slash begin now. And they've been pretty fanatical about saying lumbar support, fixed mm-hmm. back. You can change that back to multiple angles. You can change the seat pan tune to into multiple a- angles. But what the research seems to be saying is that reducing the amount of sedentary time is is a huge concern, and those types of chairs won't actually do much to to help yeah. you.
1: That, it, that is the thing with the, the active chairs. That's the main thing because their main goal is to increase your, met, so your, your output of energy. But then at the same time, most of the chairs, they found that that wasn't actually what they were helping with. So they weren't actually increasing that threshold that you wanted to see, but it was helping in different aspects, which is like some of the research that's come out quite recently. So that's why more and more people are kind of into it. Um, it's about like changing um, just a little bit more blood flow kind of in the legs because but it doesn't actually help out when you're most chairs most active chairs don't really help out with increasing your energy level so it is still considered like sedentary behavior that makes any sense
0: it does and I absolutely it makes a lot of sense yeah and um navigating the new chairs compared to what like the ergonomic standards say with lumbar support mm-hmm. setting that up in a way that's not going to cause pain like mm-hmm. that's is something <laughs> I, I mean first of all I am way more on board to active chairs because of facts like that than yes. I've ever been but mm-hmm. at the same time is it going to be leading to other concerns in the office? Uh, I think I think like everything,
1: um, you know, when we had like the craze for the standing desks and everybody just decided to stand the whole entire day because they're like, oh, I can stand the whole day. And then they found out that the pain just went down to the knees instead of the back. So it just kind of switched its spots. I feel like with a craze like active seating as well, just getting more and more popular, people are just so interested in this shiny new toy that they're going to want to sit in it all the time. And they're going to soon realize that, oh, maybe we should kind of do the same idea as the sit and stand desk where Mm. we still have a good chair, like a good ergonomic chair that gives us all that support. And we switch out our chair once in a while for the active chairs to kind of switch positions throughout the day and just um, move about and have a little bit of movement in the legs. So to get that blood flowing a little bit more. So I think that that's where we're going to end up being. But just like we're right about Christmas, <laughs> just like Christmas, when you try out your, your new toy or whatever, you're always playing with it. And then at the end, you're like, oh, OK, yeah, this is getting more and more of a routine. So getting people in that routine, I think, is going to be key into making those chairs successful.
0: Yes. And when you talk about those type of chairs, um, so many types pop into my mind. Um, mm-hmm. One of the big things that we've been talking about in the Accelerate program is the uh, the chairs that allow you to sit with cross legs. Mm-hmm. Like it's chairs. And then there's the types of chairs like the core chair that allow you to have a lot more movement, like you're sitting on a stability ball. Yeah. So you're actively engaging your core um, while you're working and you're not resting your back on anything. Um, and then we have the saddle chairs too that, I know from a literature perspective, the saddle is like very beneficial to reduce low back pain, but I'm just so mm-hmm. surprised that it's being brought into the into office. The office. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs>
1: all the, re- well, most of the research so far has been for like dentists, doctors, tattoo artists, like all those types. And then they're kind of, yeah, they're kind of trickling into the office setting, which is really interesting to see.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And when you see a saddle chair, um you might want to google that everyone so you can see exactly what we're talking about because it is not like a regular seated chair. It is it is quite unique. However, compared to like um a kneeling chair that you know you we sh- you certainly hear kneeling chairs. I feel it's like a a wave and mm-hmm. you might hear about kneeling chairs um every like three to five years and they might be get really popular then they reduce it seems like saddle chairs have have been around for as long as kneeling chairs Mm -hmm. but like they've come out of the blue and they're kind of skyrocketing right now for the office
1: yeah a lot of people it's been I've seen that trend like a lot of trends like with my company a lot of people are asking a lot more about saddle chairs and which uh which size will fit for them and what chair is better and what they should be looking for so yeah it's super super interesting to to
0: see
1: that trend going up
0: now i didn't have a chance to look to see if they had like lumbar support do those chairs have lumbar support and the same type of an adjustability like you would see like an ergocentric chair
1: so some well most of the saddle like if somebody's looking for like a saddle chair normally it's like a kind of a stool idea so without any back or front support but there's a lot of chairs now that do have uh that option so there's mm-hmm. kind of support in the front on some chairs and mm-hmm. some chair, some saddle chairs have the support in the back as well now but mm-hmm. with that support is normally kind of like it looks like a plus sign so you can put your legs through in the front. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting that support in the back. And then if it's still meant for your back, like if they have that support in the back, it's, it doesn't seem to have evolved as, um, as good as a regular office chair for that back support. So mm-hmm. the movement and stuff. So I think the best, the best thing for the saddle chairs have been just moving up and down to get the height that you want is pretty much the adjustability that we've seen so far. And then the back or front rest, you can move that up and down. But I haven't seen them put that much f- that much emphasis on the support and the lumbar support at all. Let's
0: move on to cross-legged chairs. Okay. Um, cross-legged chairs. Are you a fan of the cross-legged chairs? Um,
1: I'm person personally i'm not a person that crosses her legs often i've never been you know when i feel like it's the people that start off when they're kids that cross their legs when they're sitting down and everything like that so if you're a person that loves to cross your legs when you're sitting that normally just means that you're not comfortable in your the sitting position that you're in already to like yeah. cross your legs so you want a little bit of a difference um i feel like it's great for People that like to sit cross-legged, but obviously you can't sit cross-legged for a long period of time, even if you're you're used to sitting in that position all the time, because it is you'll you'll yeah, so it's a short period of time. What I find with these chairs is it's great for people that are gonna sit cross-legged regardless, because that's how they wanna sit, right? Um, but I don't think that it's a good idea to use it throughout the whole entire day. And I feel like since it is a chair that accommodates you for cross-legged, it is a wider chair because it supports your knees and your legs when you're cross-legged. So it has to have kind of a big footprint that'll take in your office. So I feel like if the person doesn't have that big of an office or if they're even just like in a little cubicle, then it might not just, it might not be worth it to get a, a chair like that, a cross-legged chair because it's, it takes so much space. Because you don't want to be using it all day. So you're still
0: going to have that,
1: your office chair with it, right?
0: Right. Right. And obviously, I think these are being marketed to like Generation Z millennials Mm -hmm. that maybe they've never had a good chair in the first place. And they're just coming to the workplace with really crummy chairs. And they've never sat in a good one. And that's Mm -hmm. that's. Where I think maybe gaming chairs, um, where why they're so popular, because they're relatively cheap and compared to regular chairs, gaming chairs feel amazing, but they're mm-hmm. not as good as a really good <laughs> office chair. No. Yeah, no,
1: it's, a, yeah, it's a very interesting because a lot of the cross-legged chairs, they have like four or five positions that you can sit in for those chairs as yeah. well. So it's like, it's great. In my opinion, it's great for movement because you want to be moving throughout your day, but then who says that you're going to stay most times you stay in the positions that feel best for you. Right. So you might, my whole thought behind that one is, well, you just want to stay in that one single position that feels best for you and just stay like that the whole day. And then that could bring in a whole different types of problems with that. So But yeah, in my head, it's great for here and there at the office use, but not an all day office use.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think that most of these types of chairs that um, exist are only on the market today because it is being marketed to the consumer, direct to the consumer? And if that consumer had a better understanding of optimizing their workplace for them mm-hmm. then they may not even be looking for a new chair yeah i like i think
1: so i think it's education obviously is key and that's why it's so important to even just if you're having some discomforts or even like want to be more productive, ergonomists are super, super helpful with that to help everybody out. Um, But yeah, there's definitely, if all the algorithms and stuff like that, that we have nowadays too, they can definitely see what your interests are. Like, let's say you like yoga or anything, then they just send you a cross-legged chair because you can get into different positions. Right. So they're really targeting all of that towards the consumer, but Might be great for your hobby, but might not be great for your office. (laughs) Right. So yeah, I feel like, yeah, educating yourself is super, super key and just helping your employees or like the workspace figure out um, what's best. Because even as professionals, sometimes it's really hard to figure out, okay, is this a good product? Is this going to last for my clients? Because sometimes it's really hard to just suggest the product to someone if you've never tried it before and if that's like what they really want too. so sometimes it's really hard to decipher for some uh, ergonomists and it does take time for professionals to do it so I can't imagine how much time it would take for somebody that's not really educated in um, office ergonomics and like the correct seating and how much time you should be sitting so yeah I feel like it's going for the impulse buy.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what the do you silver think? bullet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have this problem, this chair is going to fix everything.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like the the pills, you know, the the quick fix sometimes. And sometimes it works, but sometimes there's a, a lot of different um, things that go into office ergonomics that are more than just the chair obviously.
0: And that's why the world needs your services. If you're on the fence about marketing and getting access to these people, they need you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: it might seem simple to you because you've been doing it for a while, but it is very helpful for people that have no, no understanding about it or people have a lot more questions
0: than you would think
1: <laughs> about office setup and everything like that. True
0: that. So there you have it, my friend. We're going to have part two of this conversation next week. So stay tuned because you're not going to want to miss the insights that we talk about in part two. You can get started with office ergonomics assessments today. Healthcare professionals are seeing the potential and opportunity to add office ergonomics assessments to their practice and services. Go to ergonomicshelp.com slash begin to get the exact seven-step process that works so that you can get started today without the confusion or overwhelm. Just head to ergonomicshelp.com slash begin now.